healing uh, in the depths of our souls and our mental well-being. How many of you believe that the gospel not only ministers to our physical bodies and to our spirit man, but also to our soul? We need our mind renewed. Amen? Some have said, as uh, some folks as they've been studying the Gospels, they've been looking into Jesus and they come to find that many of the issues that Jesus brought healing to, not only raising the dead and not only cleansing lepers and not only casting out demons, but much of what Jesus did had to do with people's mental health as well. And so God wants to bring peace to people. And well-being. Let me just share with you some statistics tonight as we go into this. 21% of all Americans reported having some mental illness. 21%. This is 2023 uh, statistics. The mental health statistics of 2023. 52.9 million Americans are living with some form of mental illness. And when we say mental illness, we can talk about... uh, um, Depression, anxiety, different kinds of disorders that are disrupting people's lives, the sense of needing to be alone, not going out, fear in different dimensions. 52.9 million Americans, more than 27 million with mental illnesses that are not treated. Women are more susceptible, more than men, at 25% to 15%. Considering that, I realize that Maybe the reason the percentage is higher in women than men is because most men commit suicide. 18 to 25, the age group is the highest risk group for mental illness at 30%. 64.5 of Americans received mental health services in 2020. 50% of mental illness presented, uh, presents itself by the age of 14. of 12 to 17-year-olds say they have persistent feelings of hopelessness and sadness. We're in an epidemic right now, and we as the church need to be aware of the fact that the people we're ministering to are being broken, they're downtrodden, and we have the remedy. Do you understand this? We have the remedy. The remedy is Jesus. They feel they're in darkness. He is the light. They feel that they are depressed. He is the joy. They feel that there is so much coming at them that they can't control. He is the peace. We have what a desperate world needs. And the world is in a place of mental illness like never before. COVID and this whole bit of lock-ins and lockdowns and the way the country is running in its morality is just twisting things. And children are being uh, bombarded with this to such a place of despair. You as an older generation have the ability to look back and remember what it was like. They don't have a what it was. They only have what is, and it's bearing down on them heavily. Well, God's got a plan. John said this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. If you can get your soul in good health, your body will be in good health. Much of our physical ailments and sicknesses are because we are being tormented in our level of our soul and emotions. 
Many people are going through these problems. The remedy is that our soul would be healed. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body became, become blameless, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he hasn't returned yet, and so God by his Holy Spirit wants to keep the body of Christ whole. And he wants to minister so many people are mentally fatigued, emotionally drained. God wants to sanctify us. It's not only to have a, an experience in the Holy Spirit and your spirit man, but that your soul has a remedy. Your mind is at ease and your body can be strong because the Lord is ministering to you. 2 Timothy 1.7 I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. There's different translations to this verse. The actual Greek says, I've not given you a spirit of timidity. That means being too timid to preach the gospel. The sense of fearfulness of man. God's spirit is not afraid of man. We shouldn't be afraid of man. And we shouldn't have these fears of a culture that's working against us. We shouldn't be afraid of what someone else thinks. We don't have a spirit of timidity. We've got a spirit of a power, love, and a sound mind. That's what self-control means. A mind that is sound to the things of God. It's not being tossed around, and it's not in a place of depression, anxiety, or fear. I don't want anyone here to feel that if you have anxiety or fear or any kind of mental anguish tonight, that you're less than anybody else. That's no different than your physical body having some kind of malady or problem. And there's a solution here. It's Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about it, all right? Now, this is God's plan through Scripture. There are three things I want to help you understand because you're going to be ministering every day to a world that is in a place of mental instability. So you, as the people of God, need to know what to say and what to bring to them. Does that make sense to you? The three things that people need more than anything else is stability, identity, and peace. Stability, identity, and peace. That's what God brings to us in salvation. Now these things are not in a hierarchy. They flow together at all times. Maybe tonight you need a sense of stability. Maybe you need a sense of identity and you need peace. The only way to overcome chaos is to have authority and power over it. And God is the God of authority and power and He's given mankind dominion and authority over all He created. And through Christ's resurrection, He's given the people of God authority. All authority was given unto me in heaven and earth and below the earth, Jesus said. Am I right? Now therefore... Go in what? That authority and power. And as you go in that authority, you're going to bring stability, you're going to bring identity, and you're going to bring peace to people's lives. When you're hearing people, people are going to be a little off. Has anybody noticed this? We got people that are just sometimes losing it. Anger levels out there are pretty crazy. People are just irritated. People are, are fearful. People are broken. 
We want to bring them the stability of God's word, the identity in Christ Jesus, and the peace that passes understanding with the Holy Spirit. So that's how we want to minister to them. And so uh, we need all power and authority. What I want to share with you is the center of all power and authority for us is Jesus Christ. People think if I had more money, I could fix my problems. They think money is the power and the authority. How many of you know that don't work? Half the people that have money and power are pretty messed up and miserable, yeah. Right? So our power and authority comes through Jesus Christ. Some people think if it's not wealth, then it's position. If I have this title or if I get that job or the next one, right? That doesn't work like that either. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. The power and the authority that we need has to come from heaven, not from mankind. Amen? Jesus said this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Heavy laden, burdened, labored. From what? The weight of sin. The weight of loneliness. The weight of brokenness. People are disenfranchised. People are just crushing under the weight of what sin and death is doing to them. Jesus said, I've got rest for your soul. Come to me. We have the number one remedy to every situation. Whether it's transgender, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's broken marriages, whether it's adultery, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, the solution and the power and authority to overcome those chaos, that chaos is found in Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's take a look at this. Let me help you, first of all, in your own lives. How many of you want more stability in your life? A sense that you are anchored, that you're stable, okay? How many of you want a greater identity knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, that you're not going to doubt it anymore, you're not going to be tossed around? I know who has called me, I know whose I am, amen? And who here tonight would want greater peace in your life, an order in your life, a shalom in your life, because it's out of control. I'm going to give you two words that are the most powerful and authoritative words in your life. You ready for this? Here they are. There it is. There it is, right there. You're not doing this enough. Yes and no. This is the power. And we acquiesce this power because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. We don't want to be looked down upon. We'll okay, but I really don't want to. I'll say yes, but I just won't show up. You ghost it. Your character is being maligned because of that. Look at the reason you've got too much going on in your life is because you didn't say no when you should say no. The reason you're still addicted is because you said yes when you should have said no. And you go back. How about just one more time? How about just a little bit? And instead of saying no, you say yes. You don't have to say anything. Your actions say yes or no. We're not in control enough by the authority of God in our lives over our lives. We're being pushed around like pinball balls. 
I never thought of that. I guess that's what you call a pinball ball. <laughs> Bouncing everywhere because I'm supposed to do this. I, I think I should do that. I want to do this, but I don't have time to do this. We've got to get our yes and no in order. We've got to be prayed up, thinking, considering what would God want me to do? What do I have time to do? Should I take this on or should I not take it on? You know, uh, not every need, somebody write this down, put it on your t-shirt, make a bumper sticker. It's not original with me, but not every need is a calling. Not every need is a calling. Now we're supposed to help wherever we can, but God may have you on another assignment and that one's not yours. But I'm supposed to, as a Christian, do this or do that. How many of you find that every store you go to, how many of you know that they're rounding up? Would you like to round up for the children in Nicaragua? Would you like to round up for the veterans? Would you like to round up for the seals in Alaska? Would you like to round up because the ice caps are melting? No! I don't want to round up. I give my money to my church that I support. So, but you feel obligated because how many of you stand there thinking like, oh, they're going to think, you know, I, I just don't care. But say, I'm just using that as an example. Say yes or no for the things. And every penny adds up. If every penny adds up, then every decision adds up. Every minute adds up. How many of you here tonight feel you're overextended? Okay. All right. How many of you have kids? There's your problem right there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what are the things you're constantly trying to teach your children? These two words. Yes, no. Yes, no. Right? You've got to teach them as they get older. Now, don't you listen to your friends. You listen to what your mother said. That's a powerful thing. Listen to what your mother said. That got me out of so much trouble. How about we listen to what Jesus says? So we've got to boil it back down to yes or no. This is the wisdom of God. Let your yay be yay and your no be no. You don't have to swear by the moon, by the heavens, or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now we used to teach our kids this. They made a commitment to something. Uh, sure, I'll help out on Saturday at this place or whatever. And then their friends call, we're all going to the show. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And they go, ah, I want to go over there. And we would teach them. No, 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 no. You made a commitment. Come on. You made a commitment. Stick to it. So be careful what you say yes and no to. This is huge. Now, let's continue. Let's take a look at what stability is. When I say that the world needs stability, you and I need stability, we need a foundation to stand on. The psalmist says that he took me out of the miry clay. Anybody here ever been in the clay that just sucks your shoes off you when you're in it? The mire, the muck, trying to walk in muckiness. That's life for many people. They are stuck in the muck. And what the psalmist is saying is, man, he took me out of the muck and the mire. He put me on a rock so I can stand. He took me out of the miry clay. He put me on a rock to stay, right? And amen, so I can stand. It's a solid, firm foundation. 
The world is lost. They're in the muck and the mire of their emotions, of their economy, of this world that's crazy. They have no stability. We do. We have a rock. What is our rock, somebody? Jesus. Jesus. Sunday school answer. Jesus. He's our answer. He is our stability. When all else fails, he will not fail. In fact, Jesus taught this parable. He said there was a man who built his house on the sand. Looked good, nice, built it, put everything plumb, square, used t- top-notch plywood, uh, any kind of wood, whatever kind of wood. Anyways, uh, and another guy built his on a rock. Okay? Didn't have as much money to build like that guy did, but he put more into the foundation than he did uh, on the actual thing. I'm adding to the story, right? Okay? So the winds and the storm came, and guess what happened? Boom. The house built on the sand. Why would the house on the sand fall? No foundation. Now this can be applied to Christians too. And Jesus tells the parable, and what does he say that the rock is? The Word of God. Now Jesus is that Word. But if you don't build on the principles of Jesus Christ, the principles from the Old Testament through the New Testament of what the Bible says, what is right, what is wrong, what is wise, what is foolish. We've got an entire book here that's telling us how to live, and we're ignoring it. And so we're building our house on shifting sand. And just because you love Jesus, he can't save your household from bad decisions. Somebody write that one down too. You already know it because you're living through it. Right? How many of you are Christians and you made bad decisions? No. <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you are Christians and still reaping a life based on bad decisions? Okay? So there's still some stuff we've got to work through. How come Jesus didn't rescue you? How come he wasn't there to stop it all from falling apart? Because he gave you the power and authority to think, to act, and to obey. Now, he's there to get us through it. He's there to help us bring some more wisdom to get through it. But we need foundation. So, we've got to help people find a foundation. And they have no foundation. When you begin to talk to people out in the world who are in distress, ask them, what are you basing your life on? What are your beliefs? What are you putting in? And ask them, how is that working for you? Might be a Christian say, I still believe in Jesus and I have all this. All right, but did you follow what the Word of God says? No, I just married him because I got pregnant and I needed to. Well, Okay. We're going to have to work through that one. Am I making sense? Okay? So we need foundation. Second, a good foundation for stability is a reality check. Do you know that, you know, the statistic was 52%. That's over half the people with mental illness. We have a real problem with what is real. A reality check. Most of the people out there don't even know what is real. Right? Everything is in question. Is the earth flat? Did we land on the moon? You know what I mean? I mean, there's all these crazy ideas. Were we, did we come here because aliens brought us from a distant past? 
Why are we here? Because we evolved from amoebas accidentally, just random mutations, and that's why we're here. Do you understand that most of the world believes all of that? And when you believe all of that, your reality is skewed. Reality check, how come you're here? Reality check, who's the author of life? What's the purpose of man? Look at it, we, we got to get back to the basics of this reality check. One of the best ways to have a reality check is to be with other people who can check on your reality status. One of the biggest tricks of the enemy is isolation. Just stay isolated and watch reels all day long. Man, your reality gets really wrecked. How many of you have been watching reels? You watch reels and it's like, I want to go there. How come they go there? Wow, I want to live in a hotel like that. I want a boat like that. How come they get to that? It's all, most of it's all fake. But it changes your perception of reality. My life's boring. You're living like a queen or a king compared to two-thirds of the world's population. And you're complaining. Reality check. Tell your neighbor, you need a reality check. When you align yourself with what is true, how many of you ever see somebody build a building? They use a plumb line. They, well, now they use a laser. But <laughs> All right. What does a laser do? What does a plumb line do? What does a level do? Right? Are we level with what reality is? The Bible is your plumb line. It's your laser level. It is everything. Get back to the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. It will check you with your reality and your condition. It will get you back on the right foundation. So we need stability in our home. Why are our homes not stable? Why are our relationships off? Why do we not feel safe? Why do we have mental health issues? Why do we feel like we don't have any support? We need support systems. You can't be an island. These are the things that will keep you stable. Amen? These are the things the world is lacking. That's why the assembling together of like-minded people in church, seeking God together, will keep you in reality. The longer you stay away from church, the more you drift. Why? Because the church needs money? No, because you need each other. Amen? Thank you. Identity. We have an identity issue. Most of the people out here have an identity problem. They don't know who they are. And if you haven't seen that, they don't even know what gender they are. And people, and I'm not saying that in jest, I'm saying that with a real issue here. We've got them putting this on children which is absolutely ridiculous. If you saw the statistics, children between 12 and 17 are at a stage where they feel saddened and depressed and don't have an identity. And so someone in authority comes along and say, hey, maybe you should change your gender. That's the worst time in their mental stability that you can go to somebody as a child and torque them with these thoughts. And so some people need an identity 
They're in an identity crisis, and they need an identity. Their parents were supposed to give them their identity. A father is supposed to name the child and raise that child in its identity. The mother is supposed to nurture that identity and raise the child up with all the support in the way that that child goes. But our homes are broken because mom and dad are not understanding their identity and they don't have a foundation that's stable and the home's a mess. And so it just perpetuates. Many people shape their identity because of shame and guilt. Because in not knowing who they are, they're trying everything in the world, and in trying everything in the world, they feel shamed and guilt because they've messed up so much. At this point, we need to help them, not condemn them. Minister, health, break off. What's the remedy to break shame and guilt? Jesus, Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the righteousness, forgiveness, the cleansing and the washing. How many of you had your guilt washed away? And if you don't feel that way, come and get it. Though your sins were as red as scarlet, I can make them as white as snow. Jesus will wash us clean. He will not keep account of your guilt and eliminate that and you'll lose your shame. You become accepted in the beloved. You become precious to God. Whatever your past was, it's gone. The only, hold, only one holding on to it is you. You have a new identity. In fact, it says when you come into Christ, you have a new name written down in glory. Wow. How many of you could use a new name? Right? Your identity needs a purpose. People have no idea what they're supposed to be. They have no idea what they're supposed to do. You know who you're supposed to be. God made you to become who you are becoming, being shaped in that. And what is your purpose? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's a 24-hour day job. That's a purpose that I can get into, to care and to love and to reach out. Last of all, an identity is belonging to something, belonging to someone. I belong to Jesus. I belong to the kingdom of God. I've got more brothers and sisters than anybody. Amen? All right, do you understand? This is what we're offering for this problem of mental illness is foundation or stability. Secondly, identity. Last of all, peace. One of the reasons we don't have peace in our life is because we're not using yes and no enough. Our lives are too cluttered. How many of you ever watched that show Hoarders? right? This is a real mental illness. These are people who can't let go of something because they're grasping for a meaning, all right? Have some compassion in the sense that these people are hoarding because they're trying to cling for an emotional sense of well-being. And we, we look at them and we go, oh, come on, man. That's crazy. You have a path to walk through. How many of us have a hoarder's mind. You're hoarding so much garbage up here. God can't get through it. We're constantly taking in, taking in, taking in. We have too much information. 
Our minds can't handle 24-hour news, 24-hour TV, 24-hour sound bites, 24-hour Instagram, 24-hour Facebook, 24 hours. How many, you know, just like do this. How many of you go, it kills me, I go to restaurants and I see a mom and her kids, and here's the mom and here's the kids. That's it. This is hoarders. This is too much. You want peace, you have to eliminate. You have to say no. But I might miss out on something. Nope. Nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. You're not missing out on anything. So you have to edit. I want you to start considering what you're going to edit. Seriously. Turn your TV off at a particular time. Don't turn it on till a particular time. Edit how much you're on this. Do you know that you're on this more than you are with him? I can say that with pure confidence. Everyone in this room is probably on this more than they're in tune with him. All right, maybe there's a few exceptions. You can study scripture on it. There you go. All right, here's another reason to have peace. To know that you are secure. How many of you know that you're saved? Some of you raised your hand as if it was a question. (laughs) The Bible says you should know that you're saved. You have the ability to know that you are saved. You are secure in Christ Jesus. All right? Now, let me ask you, how many of you are secure in your relationship with Jesus? That no matter what comes your way, you are His, He is yours. Doesn't matter what the doctor says, doesn't matter anything else, I belong to Jesus. He will never leave me nor forsake me. That's security. Do you know the people in the world have no security? People are turning on them right and left continually. Even family, even friends. The job you thought was going to last. Oh, remember 30 and out? Young people a long time ago. People used to get jobs and have the idea that they could work for 30 years and have this amazing retirement and be done. That was a long time ago. That never happens anymore. What about boundaries? Here's the other reason. Good fences make good neighbors. We're not keeping boundaries. We're not respectful to boundaries. We're in people's business and people's business is in you. We've got to keep boundaries. You've got too much things going on. Again, need to edit. You need to say yes or no. The remedy for fixing all of this is yes or no. Listen to these verses. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Amen? Uh, Taking thoughts captive, that's another verse I'll get to in a minute. Keep your mind stayed on Christ Jesus. Everything should filter through the word of God. Everything should filter through Christ Jesus. I just got bad news. Filter it through Jesus. I just got good news. Filter it through Jesus. I just got an inheritance with a lot of money. Filter it through Jesus. Filter everything. Keep your mind stayed on him so you will trust him. That will bring you peace. 
He goes on, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take it captive, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How many of you have stray thoughts? How many of you have thoughts? Okay, men and women, these are thoughts that come in and they're just either obscene and wrong, right? Or they're, they're slanderous or vicious. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then we chase them. We go, oh my gosh, Lord, God, I'm sorry. I don't know why I came up with that. I'm a lousy person. How could you ever love me? I'm such a wreck. I'm a, oh. Your mind is, is like the universe and it's got satellites going around in it and they bump into you every now and then. Those thoughts come in and they bump into you. Don't chase them. Say, I reject that thought, that's not mine, and, and let it go out. Don't spend another second considering it. Amen? The devil has you chase him. And then you try to repent and forgive yourself. They were rogue thoughts. They're just things because there's so much junk in your brain floating. They're fl How many of you have floaters in your eyes? How many of you... <laughs> you ever look at the sky and you see a floater and you follow it? And then you look over again, and there it is again. That's when you got too much time on your hands. <laughs> Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about, set your mind on these things. That means edit out the other things. It means put boundaries around so that those things that are not praiseworthy or worth thinking of will not captivate your mind and your thinking in your life. This is about editing, and editing is yes or no. Amen? This is huge for your mental well-being. I conclude with this. We're going to do a little inventory on you. All right? So, let's check your stability. What is the foundation of your life? Think about it. Each one of you. Really think about it. What is the foundation of my life? My job? What is the foundation of your life? Well, I'm a mom and I have to raise these kids. What is the foundation of your life? It's got to go back to Jesus Christ. Everything else is shifting sand. So do that check. Now let's do a reality check. How many of you honestly believe the Word of God is true? All of it. Now come on. Do you? Do you believe what's in that book? On Sundays? No, and I'm serious about this because how you make your decisions in life, is it how you feel? Is it what you want to become? Or is it based on Scripture? So you have to have a reality check here. What is really your foundation? Okay? And then start assessing your understanding of reality. Do you have a sound reality? 
How many of you, and it's easy to do because the tide is so strong, how many of you feel pulled into the way of the world? Feeling pulled. Maybe I should lighten up on some of these things. Maybe I should just kind of go with the flow. Maybe I should, you know, that's not that bad. It's not this. If I stand in Christ, I'm going to be like on the outs. That's a reality check, okay? Now, how about your identity? Who's your father? Who identifies you? Right? Where do you get your identity from? Because if it's not from Jesus, you're still looking. You're still trying to find it. What is your purpose in life? That changes throughout life. Some of you had this big, great purpose, and, and your mom's really sick, now you've got to take care of your mom. Or your child just got diagnosed with something, and, and you thought you were going to do this, now you've got to do that. Can you, that be your purpose? And can you do it? unto God with all your might? Yeah. Your purpose is wherever God puts you and you do all things unto his glory. That's purpose. How many of you have peace? Ask yourself, what do you need to eliminate to have a sound mind, to stop feeling like you're stretched in a million different ways? What can you get rid of? I've counseled people, we talked about this, me and somebody else the other day, we counsel a lot of people. I counseled people who were in economic trouble. And so we sat down and I said, okay, well, let's look at what you have, take an inventory, let's see what you can sell to pay off some of these bills. Well, I don't want to sell anything. <laughs> well, it's all too precious. Yeah, but you don't own it. The bank owns it. Let's work on this. But see, how many of us cling to things too much? And we're so stretched out, okay? Last of all, how do you cultivate peace? Staying in the Word of God, staying in prayer, having a reality check in Jesus Christ, living with the purpose of Christ will give you peace to endure whatever you have to endure. Amen? Amen. So... There's three things that God gave us to get us through this. These three things abide with us. Faith, hope, and love. Hope is the vision you're casting. Hope is what you want to be. Hope is what's in front of you. Your faith will get you to that. Faith is what gets you to your hope. And love energizes your faith. Love fuels your action to get to where you hope to be. Say that again. By the tape. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Faith, hope, and love. Hope is your vision. Hope is what you cast out. Faith is what you do in action to get to your hope. You put feet to what you hope for. And love is what fuels your faith. Okay, you get that? How many of you have a hope? What are you hoping for? It's your vision. You have a hope. Now you, by faith, are living your life towards that hope, and you're not going to stop because you're fueled by the love of God. And the greatest of these is love. This 
is why you have a sound mind and you're overcoming whatever mental struggle you're in. Check your foundations. Amen? Check your identity and have peace in Christ. So start using yes and no. I'll conclude with this. Old Testament. High priest. Dressed up. Had an ephod. Inside the ephod was a pocket. Inside that pocket were two stones. The Urim and the Thummim. One stood for yes. One stood for no. And they would ask of the Lord, what should I do? And they would reach into their pockets and pull out the yes or the no. It's powerful. Let God dictate your yes and no for your own stability. Now, you might say, I don't have a problem. I knew all this. Okay, then do something about it out there. People need you. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, you are the healer. You want to flow through us to bring healing to a dying world. God, I pray that we would get our lives in order so that we may bring healing to others, that they may get their lives in order and bring healing to their family and friends. So God, pour out on this church. Lord God, pour out like never before. Lead us into the depths and the riches of your nature and your holiness. We ask for this now in Jesus' name. Use us throughout this week, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all tonight. Share with one another.